0: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com.
3: We talk about a lot, and credit is at the heart of most of it. So when Sean met Derek, who I've recently dubbed the Credit King, and he told me we needed to invite this guy on our show, I was a little skeptical. But after five minutes on the phone with Derek, I was shocked, amazed, intrigued, and in total agreement. Today's show features a young man I call the Kobe Bryant of credit. I know you don't get it now, but sit tight, because you're willing a feud. Two black guys with good credit, let's
1: go. He's a Kobe, and Jordan's always in the house. Wait,
3: who's Jordan? Is that you?
1: I'm on the mic, Mike Jordan. That's right. <laughs>
3: All right. with
1: good
3: credit. Well, Big Sean, a.k.a. retired old Jordan, why are we speaking with Derek today?
1: Well, I met, you know, I met this young brother really and truly by fate, and I was so impressed with him, as were you, the way he can see an opportunity. I love a mind like that. In my opinion, he's what it takes to be very successful. With discipline and seeing an angle most people can't, he was able to fly around the world the way I do, pity-style first class. So... After hearing his story, I was like, this guy has to come on our show and talk about how we live. Listen,
3: I don't know if both of you fly around the world in exactly the same way, because I think one's doing it for a lot less than the other, but let's just let Matt take it away, and we'll be right back. Two black guys with good credit. We're talking to the new king of credit, Derek. Sit tight.
1: Uh -uh, Prince. Can we call him the prince? (laughs) The prince of credit?
3: Matt, save my co-host, please.
2: Thanks, Arlington. Creating career opportunities for yourself is easier than you think. The workplace is changing fast, and blackfreelance.com will help you build a flexible and profitable freelance business that will change your life. Freelancers around the world are out-earning and out-enjoying their employed counterparts in skill sets like writing, web development, accounting, legal work, and more. You can do the same at blackfreelance.com, the community-based platform focused on meeting your needs as a black, independent professional. Organizations of all sizes from local nonprofits to global Fortune 500 companies are ready and excited to work with independent professionals like you. Whether you want to earn extra money towards retirement or reinvent your career, make that change today at BlackFreelance.com. Black
3: guys. Two Black Guys with Good Credit is a show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. As I said, people, today we are hanging with, okay, because of Sean, the... What is Derek? The prince of credit? And you're the king?
1: He's the king? You're the prince, Sean? <laughs> so Same sensitive. Derek, I'm the king Derek of rock. Is he ain't the nothing higher. you MCs so call okay, he's me He's the Sire. Kobe
3: Bryant of credit. Let's just stick with that. He's the Kobe Bryant of credit. So, Derek, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do for a living? Where, do you go to, where did you go to school?
4: What's up? Sure. Uh, But first off, let me say it's going to be hard for me to go home. My head's so big right now. Uh, (laughs) I I definitely appreciate the intro. No, but um, so I'm I'm a guy from PG County right outside of D.C. in Maryland. Um, Went to Maryland Eastern Shore. And basically growing up, I didn't know too much about credit like most people I know. After I got my first job, moved down to North Carolina after school. And it it just kind of prompted situations for me to learn more about credit. You know, if I want to move forward in life, I really need to understand what's going on. So that's kind of where I am today.
3: So what do you do for a living?
4: Yeah, so I'm a systems programmer uh, for, for a financial industry. So I, I basically do computer work in finance.
3: Oh, nice, nice, nice. Okay, okay. That's a little bit. We're getting a, getting our listeners uh, keyed in to who you are, but I know you're about to knock them down with some information throughout this section So, Dion, as we do every week... Yes, sir. The lady with the facts, can you please give us a little history on credit reward programs?
0: My pleasure. Well, I thought this was quite fascinating, as I do, I think, every show, but reward programs actually (laughs) began... Really? (laughs) No, but think about this. Reward programs go all the way back to the late 1800s. Like, I thought this was a pretty new concept. Really? But there was a
1: company... That's when Jonathan got his first reward card.
0: (laughs) There was a company that um, was founded by Thomas Speary and Shelley Hutchison. Uh, They sold stamps to merchants. So S&H, as they were called, S&H green stamps, uh, could be earned by consumers when making purchases. So very similar to today at supermarkets, department stores, and other retailers, right? So once they earned a certain number of stamps, they could redeem them them for products at their local catalog or their local stores. So very similar to what we do today. By the 1980s, that's when the airlines got into the game and created frequent flyer miles. And today, more than 60% of all credit cards issued in the United States are linked to reward programs. I mean, that's good stuff. Hello? <laughs>
3: wow, good from the 1800s to 2017, not bad. So Derek, what have you been able to do with credit and credit cards?
4: So this is the part that excites me. I mean, leveraging that, I've been able to fly first class to several countries, first class and business class. I've been able to fly to Dubai. I've been wow. able to fly to Abu Dhabi, Sydney, Melbourne, oh Phuket, Thailand; Beijing, China. Um, I just went to a lot of Western Europe mm-hmm. actually for the summer. It took a month-long trip and was able to just bounce around using my miles.
0: Amazing.
4: I've I've, I've really enjoyed it. Hotel stays too included five-star hotels, stay to Waldorf Astorias. That's it's, what I'm really about. great.
0: Waldorf uh, five, five Stars. About, I felt like I had some
4: real money. I like
1: it. top of the world. <laughs> top of the world. I'm talking about Arlington. This ain't no your best western that you're accustomed to where you get the free breakfast. <laughs> no, in no. no. It's how we talk about Arlington. You understand the level my brother just told you. You talk about five stars, top of the world. Talking so say shells here. Countries bad, like that. You go on. Love it, love it.
3: Say shells. Listen, Sean has a five star reward program at the best western and he's enjoying it immensely. <laughs> so Derek, let me ask you something. When did you start using credit the way that you do? Like, when did you start and what was the reason? Like, what was that moment where you're like, I I got to find a different way?
4: Yeah, I started I started in late 2013. Um, I just sat up one day and said, hey, I don't know why things are going the way they are, but other people are flying first class. I'm not. Let me take a look at my credit um, to see maybe if I can even get a home. I just really I just really started looking at everything holistically at that point, a couple years in the working force. So. I've actually found this method and I've been able to use it to not only build my credit, but I've also used it to leverage credit card rewards, freaking flyer miles and hotel points in order to fly to these places and, you know, just have great experiences. Me and my wife, I even got married overseas.
0: I mean, I I just love it. Well well done. But I think this is like mind boggling to me. So bankrate.com did a survey uh, this year and they said 31% of cardholders never redeem their rewards. I've heard. That-
4: yeah, that's crazy. When I see that stuff it just I, I don't know. We we like to maximize ours, but yeah, everyone doesn't use it. I don't think a lot of people know how, so hopefully we can get some people to to use them. It's like
3: leaving money on the table.
4: It
1: is leaving money on the table. Definitely. Those things expire. And, you know, just to clarify to our listeners, I think the term that people like to call what Derek does, and this is in the most positive way I can put it in, but this is the term. It's called travel hacking. You know, so explain you know Derek to people how travel and hacking has changed and this whole concept of travel miles and buying miles.
4: Yeah, simply put travel hacking is a way to just enhance your value by having frequent flyer miles as a currency. Think of it as you have a dollar. A dollar might get you so far. It might not, but if you have something like frequent flyer miles it's another form of currency like um like a crypto like bank, like bitcoin and the rest of the things out there. So Five $500 may, may or may not get you across the country. If it's last minute, all of a sudden that price jumps to 1000 But a frequent flyer mile or ward redemption may cost you, let's say, 5,000 miles. And it's just up to the people to know exactly what those miles are worth. So it's, it's good for just trying to get around where you want
1: to go with a high-value redemption. So you really look at as travel miles as money, And that's the mindset that you have. It's money, it's hard money too that you look that you that you trade on, basically, right? Definitely. If I can if I can buy them off someone, I would. So are you self-taught or have you ever thought of how you can really monetize this, or is it just strictly a hobby for you right now? It definitely started off as a hobby, something really fun,
4: something that you know I kind of saw one day and my wife, my girlfriend at the time, I told her, hey, I want to go to these places. She wasn't sure if she wanted to do it. And I told her, hey, I'm going to fly first class. If you want to fly with me first class, follow me. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's what I told her. What? That's what I told her. What?
1: In 2017, you <laughs> know, like, no, I'd rather Baby, fly if coach. you want, you want go to fly first class,
3: come with me. I got good credit. And I got two seats. What you going to do?
4: Well, <laughs> Look, look. I know she didn't want to sit in the back and watch me in first class. So, you know, we talked it out. And we got a plan together. And we both did it. Right. Nobody wants to see somebody else there with having too much fun. I'm really gonna just leave it at that.
3: Intense conversation. You can sit in first class or you can sit in the back in class.
4: <laughs> She's going
3: to kill me. What when she you wanna do you
1: want
3: to do? Exactly. All right. So, Derek, what is your whole beef with debit cards? Like you don't uh, use debit cards.
4: All right. Why not? All right. So here's the thing. Debit cards, to me, that's my real cash and I get no reward for using it. The way I see it, if something costs ten dollars and you spend cash or you spend or use your debit card and I use my credit card and I get points and you don't, you're spending more for it. I still use the same amount of currency, but I actually get a value back from it. You don't get value back when you use cash. So I can't stand it. I don't want anyone to have control over it. And then from a financial point of view, I've got purchase protection. I can move money around. If a bank charges me something on my credit card, I can freeze it and move along. It doesn't really work the same way if I use a debit card or cash. Just a short
1: story. Derek and I just came from dinner. We just had something to eat before the show, <laughs> and the bill was like twenty one dollars. And we're looking at each other. My debit card. Your debit card. We're in a fight to see who's gonna drop their debit card or is somebody gonna. And I didn't. I was in brain with the waitress. Can you split this twenty dollar bill in, in you half? Credit and cards. I, I'm, I'm the, the guest. I'm the guest. of my credit, card, credit card, card goes first. I, and that's I was that's, that's how you treat him the guest. Give me the cash, <laughs> and I put my card down. And he was holding his card in his pocket. We were like, Who's gonna put the Who's gonna give out the cash for I finally had to give in and put the cash to him, and he put it on his card. And he owes me 10 points and i want my 10 (laughs) points
0: (laughs) well moving along um mailbag time so we have maya gibson from dayton ohio who's asking Derek, what is your card of choice
4: so it, it it actually changes but i would say my workhorse and when I say workhorse, the one that I, I use the most, the that's going to be my Starwood Preferred Guest card. And The reason why is because for me it transfers to tons of different airlines and hotels. If you're trying to do something else maybe, but it has the most transfer partners for me and that's my workhorse, my and go-to. What's the fee on that card? Um $59 a year. Wow. But it makes up for it in the value that I redeem.
1: And I'll get into that a little bit later.
0: Definitely what you
4: preach
1: on. Huh? So, one more question, um Sorry, Lawrence. I know you're the question guy, but I have one more question. I'm so into this. Were you always this comfortable and strategic like with your money, like me, the king of pop right here? Were you always this comfortable <laughs> right I now? I was always strategic, but not
4: always comfortable. <laughs> Simply put, in my earlier days, I would always try to find a, a good way to use my money in the most effective way. But was it always good in practice? No. These days, I try to use everything strategically, and I have a method behind it.
3: Well, see what I told you guys? This guy is the Kobe Bryant of credit. Sean may be a retiring Jordan, but this
1: guy—no, I'm not Bryant. Jordan for the Wizards. I'm Jordan for the Bulls. I'm not that. You are Jordan I'm taking for the time the crossing over Larry Bird, Black Jordan Sox. for the Bulls. I am not the Wizard Jordan.
3: <laughs> you are Jordan playing baseball for two oh, seasons. Geez. And with that, Matt, take us away. Don't give him a chance to say anything else. We're out. Ooh.
2: Thanks, Arlington. This sponsorship break is brought to you by clean clean is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons, workshops and web seminars to bring it to a school or organization near you. Please visit www.financiallyclean.com.
3: Welcome back to two black guys with good credit. We're hanging out with our man Derek and we're talking about rewards and credit. This section, we're going to break it down. We're going to dig into it and find out how Derek does what he does, if there have been any pitfalls, any nuances, a little bit of the interesting elements that he has brought to the game. So, Derek, I want to yeah, I want to start by asking you, how does this work? But I really want you to break it down for the people
4: at home. Okay, so I'm in the hot seat. I'm, I'm going to try to break this down really, really quickly. So, the way to do it is... You scope out a credit card that you want, and the reason you scope that card out is because you have a destination in mind. I can't stress that enough. I want to figure out where I want to go. After I figure out where I want to go... You
1: don't know where you're going. You have no place to go, my
4: brother. Exactly. So after I figure out where I want to go, you go ahead and get yourself a card that'll take you there, something with a frequent flyer mile program that aligns with it. After you do that, the card has a certain amount of points that it'll give you, so maybe 50,000 points. At that point... I know. Wait, 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 wait. Sure, sure. I just
3: want to interrupt you real quick. You said you choose a card that aligns with it. What does that mean? I want to go to Dubai. I need to get a United Arab Emirates card. I need to get a what does that mean? Sure,
4: sure. Let me let me try to simplify this because for me it's 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 a science where I know what plane I want to fly. With I know Middle Eastern carriers are better than domestic. So simply put, I wanna to go to I'm in Raleigh, I wanna to go to Baltimore, right? I know Southwest flies there, right? So I get a credit card, maybe gives me 50,000 miles. If I know that 25,000 miles will get me there, the Southwest card, I'll get that. Since they offer me the 50,000 miles, I'll go ahead and spend uh, the minimum sign-up bonus, which may be 2,000 in three months. After I do that, I get the points, and then I redeem them on the Southwest Southwest website. And now I get my flight for $5.60. That's That's the cost of of taxes, taxes, the uh, September 11th TSA fee. So do that each way, and now I have my flight.
1: And how far out are you planning these trips?
4: Um, It depends. Domestically, a lifetime, (laughs) (laughs) a
3: lifetime. Domestically doesn't take that information. He just rattled off like it was nothing.
4: It it really it it varies. International take a little bit of time. Um, So one, I think the the summer month long trip I did took me about nine months.
3: Yeah, how long? What's a little bit of time?
4: Not uh, a little bit of time would be three months. A long time would be nine to 12.
3: Wait, let me just ask another thing here. You said you tap into a card for fifty thousand. Most cards are going to start you at like thirty thousand with like yeah. a three grand.
4: Well, well. Ah, okay. Okay. See, so this is the difference between all right, all right. So, Curry. All right, all right. <laughs> I, I will show you coming. how we go to the majors. This is how we get to the majors. Okay. So you don't just walk up one day, go online, and say, "Hey, I want this card because it gives me these miles." You want to get it at the highest value. Um, Eleven months out of the year, they may give you thirty thousand, but that one month they may give you one hundred and fifty thousand. Oh,
1: have you seen that before?
4: You've got to go do it. Do it. of course I've seen it. I've seen it all. That's how I do this. You you capitalize <laughs> uh, on me. the moment. Excuse me, Kobe. So, so again, I don't. I just do I don't want to. from I, yeah, listen,
1: man. I
4: don't want to give everybody too much that it overwhelms them, but I will tell you, yes, you know when I see that it's maximum, you know it's like anything else. When you see that roller coaster, you wanna you wanna go to the high part. You don't want to just ride on the on the slow loops. You want to go to the very top,
1: and that's what I try to do. So when all you hit right. when you said one hundred fifty thousand miles hit your account, you just like bling bling ching. Oh, ching, I do ching. it. Oh yeah, because I know what those that's, values. I know what those miles are worth too. What yeah. is it worth in real numbers? What is that to you? buy and back. What oh, so that?
4: so here's an example. Here's one. Um, Emirates first class It was the best first class and one of my Swedish redemptions. Ninety thousand miles first class. That sounds like it might be a lot to spend, but all I really had to do was open up four cards. No spending. So Amazing. the annual fee was $75 at the time, right? So what's, um, what's 75 times 4? 300 That $300 plus $19 in taxes gave me a first-class flight total redemption cash value of $21,000. Wow. They have a shower on the plane. <laughs> They've got a bar <laughs> on the plane. Hennessy Paradise. All right, how many credit cards do you have? So, uh, right now I have, I've got 19 active credit cards.
3: Dion, what's the, what's the amount of credit cards that most FICO high achievers like this guy have?
0: Uh, drum roll, please. (laughs) Seven cards, actually, based on FICO's, uh, analysis of their, uh, high achievers.
1: I guess I went above and beyond. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Just a few.
1: Yeah, Definitely. (laughs) But here's the thing, Derek. I know it's speaking of, sorry to put I don't want to put your business out there like yep. that. But didn't you always say to me you also have eight savings accounts, too? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say what?
4: Nothing, no. nothing, that, nothing that I'm ashamed of or anything like that. So I, it's actually quite the contrary. This went back to my savings habit. The first thing I want to do when I get my money is pay myself first. Mm-hmm. So I split my money between different accounts. One for my general savings. I've got an older car. So one for my car. Obviously, I love to travel put a little bit away for travel. Um, One for my bills, one for um, the remainder. I've got one for a fund that I'm trying to start up. So I I split my money accordingly. That way I know how much everything is. The problem that I see most people fall into is they have all their money going to one place. Then when they overspend, they question what happened to it. Mm -hmm. I say, if you know where your money's going, you know what's going on with your money. That that makes the most sense to me.
1: And so how do you keep this system place and track, I and mean, what do you? Is there something that you do that help keep everything organized and help? And are you disciplined like that with your spending habits?
4: Definitely, definitely. I keep a close rein on my money. The reason why is because if I don't, I'm gonna have to borrow from somebody. Yeah, dude. And was that's nervous. gonna be a bank.
1: I was nervous <laughs> today eating with you. I didn't know whether we should order a coke or just oranges. I just stuck with water. Like, I don't want to go over your budget, and you're upset. <laughs>
4: so, <laughs> so
1: yeah, I, I have to budget all that stuff. You know, if you.
4: If you, don't have your, if you don't have everything set up in the right way, then what's going to happen is you're going to overspend by $20 this week. $20 next week. Next thing you know, you're over $100. That money's going to come from your savings account or it's going to come from somebody else. Next thing you know, you're in debt and you know this whole cycle starts over. So to me, it's very important. And that's the system I keep with the different
1: checking accounts. I have a little ad hoc question. I know our listeners right now must be listening in their car listening and they must hear these birds flying around, which I don't hear them, but somebody may hear them. Cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> now, through all this, do you consider yourself,
4: let's just be blunt, cheap? I do not. Um, my wife did at one point. Not <laughs> going to lie there. <laughs> she did it, but, but we had to see the greater goal. I'm, I'm not going to hold any budget. Before the first class tickets? Oh, 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 my God. Did the first, first class, class door tickets changed everything. Door? Yeah, because, all right, so saving, saving money is not attractive. It is not attractive to be the guy that puts away money for a rainy day. What is attractive is being that guy that has a lot of money in the bank account. That one day something happens and no one knows where the money comes from, and I say, "Oh, we're taken care of. We're good." Nice. So that's what's attractive.
1: Nice. 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 Wow! Nice. I got to applaud you, Strange, strong strange.
0: And and just to kind of just elaborate on this, the conversation that we're having right now, because I know everybody's eyes went wide when you said nineteen cards. But when it comes to credit. Really and truly, it's about how you manage your debt and if you're paying on time. Wouldn't you agree?
4: Yeah, and, and honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a myth um, that too many credit cards hurt you. You know, not to go too far into the, the pie that makes up a credit score, because there are several different credit score scales out there. It's a myth that having more than one wait, credit card... Wait, wait, card Are you saying
3: than- no one knows what goes into a FICO score, but you know, so you're declaring a myth? <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. That's 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 how okay. yeah, that's exactly I'm so, what I'm saying. I'm sorry, saying.
3: brother. I just wanted to clear that nope,
4: up. I just I just wanted to make sure it was clear that that's what I'm saying. So your name is Derek Popo Fico. There you go. There you go. Derek Fico Po There exactly. you go. No, but but having um having a lot of different credit cards actually helps you. They have a thing called debt to income ratio. Well, if you got For several sure. credit cards and you're using low uh, low utilization, now you have high income, low debt if you're managing it correctly, right? So if you have a lot of credit cards early on and keep the early ones open, now you have a good age of credit history. So a lot of those check boxes that, that lenders are looking for, it's all there by having responsible credit card use. I gotta preface it with responsible now, because you can't just go wild west and have twenty credit cards and rack up debt. Right. But responsible use is actually going to boost your credit score up dramatically.
3: As you're speaking of boosting credit, explain that little one year, if you close a card within one year, it doesn't impact your credit score there, FICO PO.
4: Yeah. Yeah, so so that goes back to the age of your account, right? So if you have a card, now not your oldest card, but say you have a new card that you open up. It's only a year old. If you close it and you have older cards, it doesn't hurt the average age of your account. Some people think always closing a card is bad for you. It really hurts if you only have a few cards. But the more cards you have, actually it doesn't really hurt much because your average is still intact.
0: But I think the key thing you said there was the length of time you've had.
3: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
0: The previous card. True.
4: Don't open up your first card and then close it a year later. You have to start somewhere. So if you get a card early on, keep it. If it has an annual fee that you don't like, downgrade it. You don't have to pay the annual fee product. Change it to another one that doesn't have the annual fee.
3: Within the same bank? Are you saying from the same institution?
4: Correct. So if you have a Capital One Venture card that has a $59 annual fee, you can change it to a Spark or a Platinum right, that have no annual fee, and you should be good to go. All you have to do is buy a pack of bubblegum with it every six months to keep the card open. What's the problem right. with that?
3: And then you also have to show up with like a 750 and above credit score.
4: Well, though the Capital One is pretty lenient, and they report to all three bureaus. So that actually helps. Fun fact, every credit card does not report to every bureau, so... This
0: is the first I'm hearing. That was just a little nugget I just learned today. All right, all right. I want to dig into
3: another one of your theories...
0: All right. All right. Let's
3: look at another one of your theories, which is the theory of you borrow from yourself. You're either borrowing from yourself or you're borrowing from someone else, i.e. credit card companies, banks. Tell us about that theory, because you live to just borrow from yourself.
4: Right. So if I borrow from a bank, I'm paying interest. I barely receive interest from a bank. Why would I want to give them money? So with all my credit cards, I actually don't. Yeah. With all my credit cards, I actually don't pay any interest. I pay the statement balance and move on. When it comes to my savings accounts, um, you know, if I ever were to go over, I would try to make sure that I have enough in there to move to myself. Another quick way to do that, and again, this is responsible habits. I'm not telling you to go out and do this all crazy, but balance transfers, for instance, they can be used to your advantage on credit cards. You can leverage the money oh, with yeah. no Mike, interest. Mike
3: Jordan beside you is the king of balance transfers.
4: So, so he knows what I'm talking. That's that's old to new right here. So, so as I as I put my my LeBron James King hat on and I, I sit on my throne, <laughs> saying as <there's> responsible <laughs> habits, you can leverage it so you don't have to pay any interest. So, what I like to do is I like to make sure that I pay myself first. If I go over. I maybe budget things a little tighter for the next month, and if something big comes up, then I like to make sure that I can borrow money from a bank with no interest using things like balance transfers for 0% interest, taking advantage of a 0% intro APR credit card. Mm -hmm. There are so many different avenues out there to not pay interest, but you just have to leverage it the right way, and using credit responsibly will get you to the point where you can make those moves.
3: Okay, I know on the on the fact that time is starting to get tight, you touched on this before, but explain exactly how you were able to get that flight to go from your home to Dubai by only paying the taxes. It was you explain that because you got in before to like different cards uh, align with different um, carriers and different carriers have different tax rates. Explain that.
4: Yeah, so I, I don't want to make it too convoluted, so I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible. For me, it was knowing what flight I wanted to take, and in this case, it was Emirates. Um, I know that Alaska Airlines, which is a domestic, a domestic um, airline, I know they partner with them. Um, if I accrue their mileage plan miles, I can use them to redeem first class on Emirates. So for me, it was simple as knowing what their credit card bonuses were, knowing exactly how much the redemption rates were, and then after that, I just would accrue. I'd open up a new card, make sure I hit that threshold. Next thing I know, I have um, 25,000 points apiece. At 90,000, if I open up four, I have, um, I have 100, still have 10 in surplus. And in that case, they only passed on the taxes to me. So I ended up paying, um, I think, $19 to go there. After I paid the annual fees,
3: unbelievable,
0: mind, unbelievable, mind blowing. It's funny you mentioned the um, the Capital One Venture Card. I did a little research to see um, what the best reward travel reward card is out there, and NerdWallet actually did <laughs> a whole analysis of 534 cards uh, for 2017, and they said the Capital One was the best card for earning. And redeeming points. It was the easiest to earn and redeem. It is the
4: easiest. I, I totally agree. It's the easiest. It may not be the best, but it's the easiest. Ironically, that was one of the first cards I started out with was the Capital One Venture, because it, you know, statement credit, and it's pretty clear how to use that.
0: Right.
3: Wait, wait. First you first you took on FICO, now you're taking on Nerd Wallet. <laughs>
4: If they're in my way, I gotta take them down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, brother. I feel
1: you. Well, I don't want to be the, you know, the sour of tone or everything, but I know with any business venture, anything you do, there's always pitfalls or just things that people should be aware of, and you know, and also, you know, most people are not Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. So let's, you know, to our audience, what would you, what would you say to that?
4: The the biggest pitfall that someone can fall into is not managing their spending. Simple manage your spending Mm -hmm. if you're spending more on this card than you can handle don't do it
1: and i guess you mentioned something that was really um good information that i guess a good start if you could is the venture one capital one card you'd say start out there Build up your credit there, start earning the points, or redeeming them through that card. Would you suggest that?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think Capital One would be a good one to start with. It reports to all three bureaus, so it can really help you establish a good credit history. After a little while, maybe you can get a credit line increase or something, and kind of display your good credit habits.
3: Okay, so we're in the bottom of the ninth. Derek, explain to me how you tried to buy a house with one hundred percent financing using cards. Because at this point, I believe you could do anything, so just break this down.
0: <laughs> I agree.
4: <laughs> All right, so this one wasn't, wasn't exactly with cards. So, I mean, the cards got me the credit score that I needed, but long story short, what I was able to do was leverage uh, affiliation with a credit union that had 100% finance, and a lot of people thought that myth was gone, but um, long story short, I was able to find at least five different credit unions that allowed me to do so.
1: Amazing. And question for you, so our audience can see, like, how cre- being credit responsible, which I think you are, you know, along with this whole travel thing that you're doing, you're really just being credit responsible and you're leveraging it. What was your credit score when you started this, and what is it today? Credit
4: score starting this was in the low sixes. I want to say six tens. Now I'm above eight hundred. Could six
1: ten allow you to do all this?
4: Not at that moment, but it can give you a good starting point. And now you're what? Now I'm above the eights. Look, no. Uh, Now you're what? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm in the eights. No, now you're sitting beside me on the flag. Oh, (laughs) now you're by me. Okay, (laughs) Okay. all
2: right.
0: (laughs) Nicely done, Derek, I will say. Um, And just to give uh, a few stats out there uh, FICO report reveals that 27% of the population has a credit score over 750, which I thought was pretty impressive. And then 13% of the population is over 800. So, there's a few of you out there. So, really and truly, 40% of Americans are above 750. That's great. So, I say we clap for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very, That's very great. Matt, take
3: us away. We'll be back with more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We're hanging out with the Kobe of credit, the LeBron of credit, the King of credit, the Michael Jackson of credit. Call him what you want. <laughs> Keep it locked, <laughs> Two you, Black Guys you. with Good Credit. We're getting yes. it.
2: Thanks, Arlington. This commercial break is brought to you by Canvas Malibu. Canvas Malibu is a boutique and contemporary art gallery located in Malibu, California. At Canvas Malibu, it starts with art, and their curated offering of shoes, apparel, accessories, and art are a definite must-see. Canvas Malibu is located in the Malibu Country Mart or online at canvasmalibu.com.
3: Two black guys with good credit. We're getting it. We're still sitting here with my man Derek. Derek. Yes, I'm not gonna call him the credit king and things of that nature. We're sitting here with Derek. (laughs) Well, see, now you like it. Now you like it. (laughs) Derek, because we are entering the season of shopping, the holiday season, here we wanna get into some of your tips, suggestions, things that people need to do. But before I do that, I wanna ask you why are you such a fan of computers?
4: I'm a fan of computers because I can I can do everything. I, I sometimes I call it like pajama points or just things like that. I can do everything from my room. I don't need to be outside on Black Friday. I can be in my house on the computer ordering what I need to order. I get the ability to do everything from where I am. I love it.
3: But wasn't the computer integral to you figuring out how to do what you do with the cards now?
4: Definitely. Um it gave me the ability to meet people from different places, meet, uh, meet some of the travel hackers, gain tips and points, and kind of leverage things that I wouldn't be able to find locally.
3: So it's where you did all your research to kind of school yourself on this process.
4: Yeah, they don't have this in the library. I can't go down the street. But...
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I know you touched on this before. You've gone over budget before, right?
4: Yes, I have. And I've paid for it, yep.
3: What do you do to stay on budget? Are you that guy that's like, I'm not getting the Jordans this month. Maybe I'll get them next month.
4: I am that guy. I'm that guy that when my friends come to town, they say we need to go out. You know, hey, let's celebrate. I'm looking at my wallet to figure out where we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, things come up, right? If, you, if I get a parking ticket, I've got to pay that. That wasn't in budget. It's got to come from somewhere. Think about
1: it. It's all real stuff. And so. you're not disciplined to be like, <laughs> I'm going to cool out tonight because I got a parking ticket?
4: Yes. I might not say it like that, but that's how it's going to come across. Hey, let's do something low key, guys.
3: You got to go on without me. No, no,
4: we're going to have something in house. I'm not saying I'm going to pass up on opportunities, but we just need to change things. You know, this is finding value in different ways. I'm
3: grilling steaks. We're not going to Morton. Boom.
4: Why we need to go to Ruth Chris? when you guys can come over. Come over. I'm grilling.
3: So Derek, what are some things that you've learned about credit that most people just don't know?
4: Um, I would say I've learned, one, not to focus on the numbers. A lot of people say, hey, I want my credit score to be this number. I want it to be this number. Since everyone uses a different skill, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is the habits that I'm doing, which will build up to the credit score I'm looking for. Um, I end up refinancing my student loans. Somebody ran my credit and said, hey um your credit score should be in the eights this time and now it's in the the sevens you don't have any late payments you don't have this you don't have that i can't figure out why i said no big deal when we uh when we run it again at closing time it'll be where it needs to be because i'm doing the right things i focused on the process not the numbers
0: wow but i thought this was interesting in 2016 um a payment processor t-s-y-s yeah i'm familiar with them okay
4: headquartered in georgia Yeah. my man
0: see that See that? He, he knows his business. I'm,
3: I'm just going to start calling him FICO. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but they asked uh, basically 1,000 consumers which uh, payment, form of payment that they preferred. And I'm happy to say 40% chose credit cards. I thought that might have been higher, though. Um, 35% said uh, debit cards, and only 11% specified something um, other than, than cash. Or I know I thought the number would be higher.
4: I was hoping it would be yeah. higher, but I, I can understand the the skittishness of yeah. the average consumer. Let me these ask days. one quick
0: thing,
3: Derek. Is cash dead, in your opinion?
4: Yeah, I think it's dying slowly. Not not that quick, but it it is dying. And the reason why is because everything's online. I mean, there's so many online banks these days. You've got um, what is it, a Lion or something like that? Yeah, Ally Bank. There's there's so many banks right now or so many financial institutions like Chuck Schwab, you can't go in there and withdraw money from them or put money in, but once the money's in the system, you can, you can play around You get to it.
3: call him Chuck? I, I have to call him Charles.
4: I, I know them, so <laughs> call him Chuck. You know. I got you. But it, it's, it's on its way out. It's really <laughs> on its way out. Everything's like digital currency now. Think about your retirement. I put money away in my retirement, but to me it's funny money until I can actually touch it and retire. So I think cash is on its way out, and we're all really going to start using... Things electronically and crypto type currency might be a little too much, but yeah. Gotcha. Tell,
1: tell me about the phrase "learning to speak your partner's credit language." Why are you trying to get me in trouble? <laughs> so,
3: come on, man. The, the, this explanation right, will save right. marriages in America.
4: All right, so honey, if you listen to this, you know, apologize in advance. So, uh. speaking to your significant other about money, it's a, it's a touchy situation, right? You have to really be open and candid about where your finances are. You might have to have some conversations about spending and overspending. Maybe someone spends a little too much. Maybe you're not okay with it, right? Well, you've got to kind of balance <laughs> each other out, so. The same thing. <laughs> the same thing uh, goes. Uh, see, I'm not trying to start sure. the trouble. Here. <laughs> the same thing goes with your credit cards, right? It, it's all about sticking to the plan. And I, I've got friends that are married couples, and we kind of talk about it to see kind of where everyone's head is at. You know, you all have to be on the same page because if if I overspend or my wife overspends, that takes away from the household income. Well, you right? know, that's a
1: funny. It brings me to a story. I remember a good friend of mine, when he first got married, he could understand the concept of why he can stay within his lease mileage, and his wife always <laughs> overexceeds exceeds her lease mileage, so, you know, through years of struggle and understanding one another, they came to realization that, honey, I will lease the car, and you will own the car. And they found the happy medium, right. and I think that's like understanding the partner's credit language. Wouldn't you agree, Arlington?
2: I would <laughs> agree Alexander's with that
1: very strongly,
3: you, uh, Sean. It's quiet over uh, there. And I enjoy my lease. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm to that.
4: It's also about having those difficult conversations early. That's, that's definitely for sure. And if someone puts more value in certain things, then maybe we just need to make
1: a compromise. And one more thing. You know, I'm a strategic thinker, and th- th- listening to you, you've moved me in so many different ways, and I've been able to see the world a little bit different. And one of the things I like... I was thinking about, about, you know, giving gift cards as, an, as a gift for this holiday season as to friends and family, which a lot of people do. Is there a way that I can give, and I'm not trying to sound like the bird, cheap, 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 but I'm just trying to, like, give myself a gift too. Is there a way that I can give away gift cards this season and earn the reward points while doing so?
4: Yeah. So uh, the simplest way to do that would be to buy a gift card with How a credit card.
1: Oh, Sean. What is wrong getting the gift card? I'm getting
4: the points. You're getting the points. I don't see anything wrong with that. Of course, um, you may want to make sure that your cash advance limit is set to zero or lower than the amount you're getting, just in case the credit card company gets a little antsy. Sometimes those things happen, so I would urge you to take that into consideration when you're doing that. But there's nothing wrong with getting points
1: and giving money. Uh, yeah, because it's I all mean, in we, the same. We talked about it. Like I put gift cards on my credit card. I mm-hmm. have it, and people don't know you can buy gift cards, put it in your credit, and the credit card company gives you the rewards, the points.
0: Yes, very strategic. And then just to let everybody know, there are better cards for holiday shopping than others. Not, not all cards are created equal. So um, NerdWallet, one of my favorite <laughs> uh, websites, <laughs> like uh, okay. ranked best holiday cards. And number one was Chase Freedom for department store shopping. Uh, they give 5% cash back. Uh, number two was Discover It. Cash Back Match, which they say is the best card for Amazon shopping, where everybody's shopping these days. Um, Costco Anywhere Visa. I didn't even know there was a Costco Anywhere Visa. But best for wholesale clubs. And there's so many more. So definitely check out NerdWallet.com.
1: Have you noticed, Derek, uh, credit card companies getting a little slicker over the years and changing up the system to stop people like you from, you know, rewarding themselves in such high manners?
4: <laughs> definitely. They definitely have. But... It's, um, it's really about just trying to make sure that you get your payments in on time and that you work within their rules to make sure everyone kind of gets what they need. Communication is key.
3: But there's some shady rules out there like you might live on the West Coast and your credit card is due at like nine o'clock East Coast time. There are like some shady rules out there now.
4: Definitely. So if those lines of communication are open, you're able to get around it. I've made a late payment or two before, but it didn't get reported as a late payment because I make a call. Say, hey, I don't know what happened here. They look at it. They see, hey, you've never made this issue before. They take care of it. No interest. I mean, it's just about keeping keeping those lines of communication open.
3: One thing that definitely happens all throughout the year, but in particularly around the holiday season, is people getting credit card offers in the mail. Would you suggest that people start really looking at those offers and opening them because it could be a great offer in there? And if so, what would you say is a great offer? What's a great offer look like?
4: A great offer is something that you can use and something that's out of the normal. All right. Just because somebody gives you something doesn't mean you need to take it. I would say anytime someone sends you a mailer, look at it responsibly, see if you actually need it, how you can use it and make sure that it doesn't hurt your savings plans. If you aren't disciplined, don't use it best advice I can give you
1: and my last holiday question is you know I said in our episode two show if anybody listened to blinging to your broke that I'm not a fan of like stockpiling gifts like in early months and then giving them out, Or giving
3: I- them. Sorry. sorry, sorry. Didn't mean
1: oh, to say. <laughs> What'd you say?
0: <laughs> or giving them.
1: <laughs> if I must. I mean, but do you agree? Do you, I, I've never seen the concept that like that money could be putting in a savings account, could be put in another investment. I just think it's something that you can find enough deals during that time of when you need to buy the gift that I don't believe in this stockpiling of gifts in your home?
4: Yeah, I don't really do that either. I don't I don't feel there's a need to. Honestly, we're in the age of two days shipping from Amazon Prime, okay. and there's deals that go on all the time. So I would look at it and say, when the deal's there, take advantage and pounce because it may not be there tomorrow. That goes for most things in life. When you see opportunity knocking, open that door.
3: I heard that. And as you say that, unfortunately i'm going to have to close the door and say goodbye to one of our most amazing guests which has yes. been Derek. Thank you.
1: thank you thank you
3: man you killed it you come definitely, see me in madison square garden sometime hope...
0: oh <laughs> oh yeah what 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 did he say what'd you say Come see his all-star game. <laughs> yeah,
4: so uh, if you guys want to follow me, uh, follow me on social media channels. You can follow me or my wife on Instagram. I'm at home underscore D-P-O-W-E, home underscore d or my wife at, at C-I-C-I underscore R-I-D-A-H-C-C, Ryder. We also have a website, Traveling Pose. So if you just Google Traveling, T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G-P-O-W-E-S,
1: like Powell without the L's, traveling pose. So if somebody wanted to take a trip and they were planning a trip six, seven months out from here, is that something you can assist them with, you can consult them with, and so forth? Definitely. Um, Just reach out to us on the site, follow us on Instagram, make
4: communication, and we can help you plan whatever you need.
3: Well, see, that's what I mean. Just as I try to close the door, you take that opportunity, stick the foot in there, give all the tags, make sure people can find you. I love it. Derek, thank you again for coming out. There's two black guys with good credit. We'll be back in a flash. Matt?
1: NickNightDirect.com is the fast, easy way to shop online. To buy an item from any U.S. website, just go to NickNightDirect.com. That's N-I-C-N-A-T-Direct.com. Choose your method of payment and we'll ship, handle duties, and deliver your item straight to your door. I'm Sean of NickNightDirect.com and you have my word. NickNightDirect.com. we we'll
2: to your
3: door. Well, folks, this week my bottom line is simple. Cash is dead. D-E-A-D, dead. Credit is king, and a tier one score of 750 or more is the price of admission to the future of finance. Period. That's it. And, yo, yeah, before we go, Derek is going to be a millionaire, and I hope to be his friend.
1: (laughs) You heard it here first. Well, my takeaway is credit, credit, credit. If you learn how to manage credit and use it wisely, there's a whole new world awaiting you. I was at Jay-Z concert yesterday in the Amex suite, Drinking, eating for free because of great credit. Nothing else. Not the money in my pocket. Great credit. And as they say, being a member has its privileges. Derek, I'll see you on the golf courses of Dubai and off to ice fishing in Iceland and then scuba diving in the Bahamas. Why? Because we can. <laughs> <See> you there, <laughs> man. Your money is your money, people, and it belongs to you in your pocket.
0: Yes. And just to remind you, great resources. If you want to brush up on your credit, uh, nerdwallet.com. Definitely check them out for their top 217 lists. Uh, Creditcards.com, very reliable information for anything credit related. And bankrate.com is always a good one too. Um, And please email us your questions to tbgwgc at financiallyclean.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and Stitcher to make it easier for new listeners to find us. Like DKSF Reporter, who left a, a review on iTunes. He said, These two guys and a girl, I love Dion the Explainer too, sure. really breaks down finance in a way that I can understand. It's like sitting around with friends who, knew, who know stuff that I want to know, but wouldn't actually ask them directly. So DKS reporter, thank you so much. We appreciate it.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, I'm Arlington, one half of two black guys with good credit. And you know what I say? Cause I just created my tag last week. It's the game of life people. It's wants versus needs. It's your call.
1: And I'm Sean, the better second half of two black guys with good credit. And I'm out, and once again, Derek, thank you, thank you so much for coming all the way from North Carolina to be on our show. It's great having you, and I'll see you all next week, and your money is your money.
0: And I'm Dion, the lady with the facts, the history, the stats, and the cold, hard facts, and I'm out. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation— Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.
2: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.